Hey everybody and welcome to T-Rex Arms. It has now been a week since the election, so now we can finally talk about it because that's how long it takes to get some answers. And there are still a whole bunch of different uh, districts and some states that haven't got all of their votes tallied up and figured out yet. So that's, uh, that's a thing now. It takes forever to figure out what happened in an election, and the longer it takes to figure it out, uh, the less confidence people actually have in the process, the less confidence people have that they're ever actually going to figure out what actually happened. But one of the things that did actually happen was uh, the media made a big deal over how poorly the Republicans were going to do leading up to the election, uh, but how important it was that Democrats come out and vote to stop there from being a red wave, which there wasn't going to be, of course, but also you had to come and uh, make sure that you would stop it. And then after the elections, uh, a lot of media coverage laughing at Republicans for expecting that there would be a red wave. So I would say pretty typical, pretty typical stuff. I also saw a recent uh, media study that said in the mainstream media, Republican candidates received negative coverage 87% of the time, which is honestly even higher than I thought it was going to be. So it's no wonder that the media, now that they've revealed their true colors as blue, they are breathing a sigh of relief, patting themselves on the back, assuring themselves that there was no red wave, and then telling Republicans how they should feel silly and sorry for themselves. But of course, the, the truth is, it's a lot more complicated than that. But if you are discouraged that there wasn't an immediate massive political turnaround, even in the face of all of the issues of the Biden administration, I actually think that there's a couple of things that we need to examine. Political commentator mentioned that if you are discouraged by some of these different things, then you're probably buying into some uh, of the left's propaganda. And if you look at the, the way that the left campaigns, or at least has been campaigning for uh, the last several years, it's kind of a three-step process. They make claim number one, the fact that the world is just completely falling apart. And then the reasons that the world is falling apart, that kind of changes from election to election, but what doesn't change is point number two. Point number two is the solution to all of these problems is going to be government programs, bigger government programs, more government programs, more government money, whatever. And then of course the, the third claim is that only Team Blue has the solutions to these problems and can properly implement these government programs. So. So that's kind of the main pitch for the Democratic Party. And I think it's important that we actually break this down, because if we look at claim number one, the world is falling apart, it is obvious that there are problems. Now, there are oftentimes very different problems than the one that the Democrats are running on, but it's easy to look at the world and be discouraged at the problems therein. Then there's the third claim, that the Democrats are the only ones that know how to fix these problems. And that is extremely ridiculous. Most of us do not trust the rope to fix a cat let alone the world. But um, the claim that we rarely examine is claim number two, that the problems that exist need to be fixed at the government level, using government programs, using government pressure, using government influence, etc. And as long as we kind of presuppose number two, we're always going to be discouraged by more problems and then wrangling over who has the best solutions. And that can be really counterproductive. That would be like if you went to the doctor and uh, the doctor said, your head is bleeding, I'm going to hit your head with a hammer. And then you said, I'd like a second opinion from that red doctor over there. And he said, yeah, blue doctors are idiots. 
they can't solve that kind of problem with a hammer. I'm going to hit you in the head with a wrench. And then we argue with people who like the Blue Doctor, as opposed to questioning whether or not blunt force trauma is actually the way to solve hemorrhaging from the head. So as we talk about elections and election stuff and party platform stuff, I think it is really important that we not just argue over point number three, who actually has the best technique of applying blunt force trauma to stuff that doesn't actually need any more blunt force trauma. Uh, we really need to go back and start looking at question number two and also question number one. What are the actual problems? But you, uh, you know all that. Let's look at some of the election stuff that we do actually know. There are a couple of things that are sort of interesting. Uh, one of them is that there was a red wave in a whole bunch of different places for a whole bunch of different candidates. So guys like DeSantis, obviously, were gigantic landslide winners. Which is kind of interesting because uh, last election, DeSantis barely won that election by like 30,000 votes against a terrible candidate. And then uh, this year he won by... 1.5 million votes. So that is a significant sea change in Florida. And that is probably somewhat related to the fact that they cleaned up a bunch of their actual election laws and uh, ballot procedures and things like that. But I think it is also heavily uh, involved in the fact that he has done a pretty good job of leading from the front and making it clear to voters uh, what he thinks the problems are and how they're going to be solved and actually making a claim that uh, it isn't always the government's job. I think that has resonated with people to the point that a huge number of folks are Team DeSantis when even just a few years ago, that was not the case. Another kind of interesting thing is that uh, there were a lot of Trump-backed candidates that did not do nearly as well as expected. We saw a lot of Trump-endorsed candidates creaming people in the primaries, but I think that in a lot of cases, those Trump-backed candidates got so much negative media attention that it actually motivated a lot of Democratic voters to come out. And so their performance was oftentimes uh, not amazing. But that's only if you look at just the final scores. Because there were some candidates who performed poorly in that they lost, but they actually performed incredibly well given other circumstances. So for example, Kathy Hochul nearly lost the New York governor's race. And uh, this was the closest governor's race in New York for about 20 years. So even over the last 20 years, as New York has gotten bluer and bluer and, uh, you know, more removed from reality, they're actually more likely to vote in a Republican governor than any time in the last two decades. So that is a pretty fascinating red wave, even though it didn't result in flipping a seat. And then uh, there were certain causes that got a bit of a red wave. So, for example, school choice was a massive winner in the last election. Not only school choice candidates who dominated at the smaller, more local level, uh, but also school choice ballot initiatives. Sometimes these ballot initiatives are actually a much better indication of what the populace is thinking than uh, the popular vote for specific candidates. So for example, in Iowa, there were some gun freedom initiatives on the ballot that actually performed better than either the red or blue governor's candidates, which means that people who voted Democrat uh, when it came to their team, voted much more conservative when it came to some of the issues. Uh, that wasn't the case in Michigan. It's very possible that uh, Michigan uh, may just be lost at this point. Yeah, it was a pretty bad show for Michigan. But one of the big takeaways, I think, uh, not just from this election, but the last uh, several years of partisan wrangling is that it's clear that people are not doing a very good job of electing representatives. 
Uh, it's only when there is something like a ballot initiative that doesn't have an R or a D next to it that people think very carefully about what it is that they actually want to accomplish. When it's a person, they just look at that R or that D or possibly even just vote straight ticket. And uh, this has become very much the direction that things are going in the country. You've probably seen stories about Tony DeLuca being elected to the Pennsylvania uh, legislature as a representative, even though he died a month before the election. Now, most of the people commenting on this story are suggesting that there's some sort of dodgy election fraud thing. I actually disagree. He's a very old guy. <laughs> He's been a representative in the legislature for like 39 years, and he was on the printed paper ballot. I'm a fan of paper ballots, so I understand that you can't always print new paper ballots overnight. If you have somebody pass away in between the time that the ballots are printed and the ballots are cast, that's the sort of thing is just going to happen. So the issue is not some kind of weird election shenanigans. The issue is kind of the voters themselves. Were the voters so uneducated uh, to what was going on in their own state that they hadn't heard that he had passed away? Or did they just vote because he was team blue? And this focus on only one of two parties is something that I think is incredibly detrimental to what politics should in fact be. It takes a huge amount of the focus and accountability away from the individual representative and places it at the large committee party level. And it also takes a huge amount of the focus away from the local and drives it right up to the very top. So even in this particular election, these midterm elections where Donald Trump was not running for any office, he got a huge amount of press. Now, Part of the reason for that is the mainstream media would like to spend roughly 87% of its time dogging on the Republican candidates, and Donald Trump, orange man, is their biggest target. So they wanted to associate him with as many Republican candidates as possible to scare Democratic voters to coming out. But there were also a whole bunch of Republican Party candidates who wanted to hitch their wagon to the new Republican Party mascot. And it just pulls a lot of the attention away from those local issues, those local politicians, where there can actually be some relationships and some accountability. Now, obviously, uh, we've mentioned that there are some shenanigans with various uh, machines not working and things taking super long to actually tabulate and calculate. Uh, counting is super hard in Arizona, apparently, and so it'll be a very, very long time before we actually figure out what is going on, as stated before. And uh, again, these delays and irregularities are not uh, increasing people's trust and confidence in the system. I'm not ready to say that there are definitely fraudulent things going on, but uh, there's a lot of room for shenanigans to take place when things are taking so long. Now, I don't want to suggest that the results themselves suggest shenanigans, because I truly believe that there has been so much indoctrination of chunks of the population that you could absolutely see people, even in the midst of this incredible uh, Biden administration, which is really failing very, very hard, even in the midst of all of the conversation about COVID recovery and amnesty and stuff like that, there are still many, many people in the United States of America who are completely on board with that whole system, with that whole direction. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past in uh, 
A couple episodes ago, I was talking to the open source defense guys, and Chuck made the comment that there really are two different universes. There are people who live in a completely different universe, and it's almost unfathomable for them to have a conversation about firearms ownership for the purpose of greater self-reliance. Taking more responsibility for self-defense is just completely anathema to people who live in this other very different universe than the one that, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're kind of in my universe. Kyle Rittenhouse is another great example of this. The two universes, uh, the two worldviews are so divergent at this point that Kyle Rittenhouse's mere existence is, for one team, proof that everything is wrong in the world, everything is going poorly, the judicial system is completely upside down, and that the only hope is Joe Biden. And then there's another group of people who are totally convinced that the existence of Kyle Rittenhouse is proof of the exact opposite. And it really has nothing to do with Kyle Rittenhouse has even done at this point. It doesn't really have anything to do with the outcome of that particular case. The facts don't matter. It is who Kyle Rittenhouse is as kind of a symbol or a mascot that makes him such a polarizing figure at this point. And I have another example of this also in Pennsylvania. You probably saw the gentleman named Fetterman who recently had a pretty significant stroke that just made it really difficult for him to listen to and communicate with people. And I think he's a prime example of this kind of polarizing figure who demonstrates the total disconnect between people who live in these two different universes, even though they share the same reality. So for the red team, this idea that a guy with major, major cognitive and speech problems should take a job that is 90% talking is ludicrous. And then for the blue team, the mere suggestion that a disabled man cannot do whatever he wants should not be supported. It's just the height of bigotry and cruelty. I mean, it's almost as bad as telling a biological male that he can't have babies. It was impossible for anybody in either of these universes to talk to the other people about how good these candidates would be at their jobs because that was just completely off the table at that point. Which is why I think that the masterminds uh, at the Pennsylvania uh, Democratic Convention probably ran Fetterman as bait. They knew that they were doing something that was completely ludicrous and unconscionable to the red team. And that it would get comments from the red team that would prove that they were utter fascists. The comments from the red team would be so unconscionable and ludicrous to the blue team that they would just have to get out there and fight against bigotry by casting a vote for that guy. Which means that, if that's true, very few people actually voted for Fetterman as a candidate. The blue team voted for him more or less out of spite, ever widening this division between the two teams living in further and further removed universes from one another. And actually, the guy that I feel the sorriest for in this whole situation is John Fetterman. I don't think that anybody who was pushing him to run had his best interest in heart. He was a pawn, he was bait, and then the discourse about his disability and inability to do the job got so personal for so many people that he was genuinely misrepresented and abused in a couple of cases. And I don't think anybody uh, on his side of the aisle actually thought that they should preserve some of his dignity and honor his past record as uh, a political operative for them in any way other than just throwing him out there into this uh, feeding frenzy. Personally, I find that 
if it's true, more discouraging than the fact that he won. So the homework assignment for today is basically for us to work on being more grounded in reality, spend less time picking up some of the partisan requirements of our respective teams and really focusing on the issues that are individually morally correct. And then based on the results of the election, who actually is gonna be going to, uh, for example, your state legislature, learn who those guys are and who you can actually work with. Forget the stuff that is happening at the top. Forget the stuff that is happening at the team level. Really focus on those individuals that you can get to know. Those individuals who have said things that they are going to do or aren't going to do. And then hold them personally accountable. Stop playing uh, this team game. Team Red versus Team Blue. Team Elephant and Team Donkey. There's actually a lot of really encouraging and positive stuff happening at the state level and the county levels. Do not uh, neglect your county elections, you guys. And uh, interestingly, at the national level, uh, in the judicial system, there actually are some significant wins. Thanks to the Bruin decision earlier this year, the Supreme Court decision, um, there have been some significant wins in court cases preserving gun freedoms in a whole bunch of ways um, that are really positive and good and set really excellent precedent for the future moving forward. So we're going to be looking at some of those wins in a future podcast. There are a whole bunch of really encouraging things that are happening outside of election stuff. Curious now, I can't remember when I started assigning homework uh, for these podcasts. 